probably something that we should work on where we encourage them to like once a week just spend four hours or spend half a day where you don't do things, but you reflect on what you've done and you think like, how could I be working smarter? On today's episode of Digital Health Entrepreneurship, we are going to talk about work-life balance. This is a topic that is often debated, talked about, questioned in entrepreneurial circles. Uh, Lawrence, I've heard rumors that you actually used to sleep at the Harvard Library, but you're also starting to place more importance on work-life balance. So why is this a topic interesting to you and what has kind of your journey of work-life balance been as an entrepreneur? Um, well, when I was in college, I would sleep at the Harvard Library. Lamont Library is the uh, famous library that everybody sleeps in and they have these really comfy chairs and up to a certain hour you can order like tea at this little cafe um, but the harvard students just basically um, sleep there for multiple days in a row studying for their exams or writing papers so i used to do things like that and pull all-nighters and get like small amounts of sleep when i uh, wanted to do large quantities of work um, and i think a lot of entrepreneurs go through those kind of phases um, you know recently since we started COVID MD on March 15th, we were literally working seven days a week, 16 hours a day. And I think it's like, okay to have those periods of time. I mean, like, you know, my grandpa was in world war two and like, I'm sure they had to do that periodically when they were like in the midst of, you know, a battlefield or whatever, or, you know, like there are times where you just need to like do a lot of work, but I don't think that anyone can do that for like decades on end or years on end. Um, and, and, you know, it's not necessary. I mean, they talk about like, um, I'm not sure if I agree with this. I think it depends on the person, but like, there's some studies that show that, you know, if you do more than 40 hours of work a week, you're not necessarily accomplishing more. And I think that's true for some people, but not for all people. Like I personally think that I can do 60 to 70 hours of work per week and it's still very high quality. Um, but, but, um, I think that work-life balance, it means that, you are doing things like exercising 30 to 60 minutes per day, um, you know, setting a time at night where you stop looking at your phone, which is something that I constantly struggle with because I look at my phone from the second I wake up to the second I go to bed. Um, you know, maybe taking time out to like watch a movie with your spouse or your family where you don't look at your phone. Um, I think the phone is, is a big problem for entrepreneurs where they, they just kind of react constantly. And it's just like, a never-ending stream of work where they just they react based on what their phone says. Um, so you need to do things like block out specific time to do specific things, whether that is a personal thing or a business topic. But it's basically taking time to exercise, making sure you are taking care of your diet, making sure that you're getting seven or eight hours of sleep, that you're doing something for stress management. And for some people, that's exercise, and for other people, that is ending ending work at a certain hour. Um, but generally I think that especially for a CEO, um, like if you think about what is the thing that makes, makes a CEO successful, is it doing a large quantity of work or is it making high quality decisions? It's a combination of the two, but probably I would say that making high quality decisions is more important because that's why you have employees to do the work for you. So I think that's an interesting question. Yeah. So what, like, are there things that you're doing to 
make sure that you're in this space where you're like healthy enough as an individual to be able to make those high quality decisions. Cause like you can't have like brain fog throughout the day and you can't constantly be tired. So like, what are some things you're doing in your life to make sure that you're at the level each day where you can be making those high quality decisions? Well, I recently moved departments from the financial districts to Tribeca in Manhattan. And one of the specific reasons why I moved to this apartment only a week ago was that it's above a Whole Foods. It is two blocks away from the park where people go jogging, biking. There's tons of grass. It's literally next to a soccer field. So I play soccer. Um, and so it makes it really easy to live a, you know, a healthy lifestyle. Um, so I'm not saying that everybody should move, but like, you know, obviously if you can have that luxury of being in a spot where you can, you know, be close to a grocery store or a park or something, I mean, that's something that I've done and kind of purposely designed my, my life that way. Um, but I also, um, something new that I'm doing is I found this amazing food product called Daily Harvest. Um, so they deliver like 26, uh, basically containers. It kind of look like smoothie containers. Um, and in fact, that is what they are. So it basically just delivers to you, um, basically everything you would need to make a smoothie. So say for example, like frozen strawberries, frozen bananas, some other component of the smoothie. And all you do is you open it up, you put some of your favorite milk in almond milk, soy milk, regular milk, and you put it in a blender. So I have like a Vitamix blender. And it's just like these really delicious smoothies. In fact, one of them tastes like mint ice cream, like literally exactly like mint ice cream, but it is just like kale and like all the mint, like literally mint leaves and that kind of thing. So I think like those kind of products are really valuable. And the other one I try to use periodically is purple carrot, which is like a plant-based meal kit. It just takes a lot more time to like cook essentially. Um, but I really like Daily Harvest. Um, it, it has, it's like one of the most amazing products I've ever used. So you have this app where you kind of download it and you customize the smoothies you want to deliver. You can get food also. I'm just not into the, the food as much. But um, those are some of the things that I'm doing. Like I, I play soccer in the morning. I um, try to take care of my diet. I had my dietitian actually like ordering, my fruit street dietitian like orders me like breakfast. And so it just gets delivered every time, same time every day. Um, but I'm not very good at like the stopping work at a certain hour at night. I'm very bad at that. Hey Lawrence, you're making it too hard for yourself with this daily harvest and uh, purple carrot stuff. You should just uh, drink Soylent. Isn't that like a meal and a drink? I'm kidding. <laughs> that's, that's disgusting. So Soylent, so, wait, but hold on, hold on. You talked, you brought it up. So Soylent is not healthy. 400 calories. Some of the doctors I work with go nuts over that. A, a snack drink should not be 400 calories. And some people say it's a meal, but I like to get my five servings of fruits and vegetables in and a piece of salmon. Hey, in terms of um, these trade-offs, you know, we've already talked about the quantity of work versus the quality of the decision. It's kind of considered like a trade-off. How do you motivate your uh, staff in terms of the following? You know, like either the work harder thing or work smarter thing. You know, do you have some insights on that? Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's interesting because you can trade them off to a certain extent. Like, I think that you can build a pretty big company just by working really hard. And it's something that, like, Gary Vaynerchuk says, you can just, like, work really hard and get to, like, several million dollars of revenue. And I think that's true. But, like, often that working so hard is more stressful than working smart. So um, it, it's interesting because you can kind of reach the end result either way to a certain extent. I think there is a limit where like good strategy 
and, and high quality decision making will get you to a point where no amount of hard work ever will. Um, you know, it's like you can't like imagine if nobody ever invented like the wheel and we never had cars. Like you, you can't like run as fast as a car. You know what I mean? So I'm not sure how we incentivize them to do that. It's probably something that we should work on where we almost like force them to or encourage them to like once a week just spend four hours maybe or spend half a day where you don't do things, but you reflect on what you've done and you think like, how could I be working smarter? I mean, I think that that reflection is critical. I actually have like a life slash business coach. It really is just a person that's trained in coaching and social asks these open-ended questions like, what are your goals? How are you going to get there? You know, what do you think you could be doing better? Um, and so I think that reflection is probably the key to working smarter. Yeah, I, I think that a huge factor in this I'd love to hear your thoughts on is the importance of enjoying the work that you do. And uh, I, this one story stuck with me from a Seth Godin book that I read years ago. And he was saying that he, him and his wife were like on vacation in the Bahamas or something and he couldn't sleep in the middle of the night. And so he went downstairs to the hotel lobby to respond to emails. And the, this like couple walked by and he heard the, the lady kind of like whisper under her breath to the person she was with, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that guy. Like even on vacation, he can't get away from his work or from his emails. He has to come down here at 2 a.m. to email. And Seth Godin very eloquently pretty much said, uh, I felt bad for those people because I was on vacation and loved getting the opportunity to engage with my work as opposed to hating my life for 50 weeks so that I had to escape for two weeks of vacation a year. What do you think about that like relationship with work and how important is it actually love the work that we're doing when we're talking about work-life balance? I don't think we have to enjoy the work that we're doing actually. And I don't think it has to be like fun. I think that for me personally, it has to be um, rewarding. Like I have to feel like it's having a social impact. Like I'm okay with doing things that I do not like if it means that I'm going to feel like satisfied with what I'm doing and what I'm contributing to society. Um, I mean, like, does any doctor really want to be working in the emergency room at 4 a.m.? Like, no, probably not right? They'd rather do it at 2 p.m., but like somebody has to do it. So it's like this heroic kind of thing. But I guess every person's different, right? Some people don't want that for their life, so everybody has to choose. But I think there's a lot of jobs where it might not be like fun and rewarding in the moment, but you kind of have the sense of satisfaction. We've talked about like uh, entrepreneurs and diet and entrepreneurs and exercise. Is there anything else like that really connects you with entrepreneurs? Is it, for instance, like sleep? Is that something that you experience as absolutely essential or is it something you don't pay attention to thoughts well these days i just am working so much during the day that um i just fall asleep instantly so it's really not a problem (laughs) but um like i wouldn't like i don't i don't really set i mean i I kind of set an alarm but I, i really just get up at the same time every day automatically now um but i don't think like anybody should be like intentionally getting four hours of sleep like i think you should really try to get seven or eight hours of sleep. And like, if you're an entrepreneur and you're going to bed at like, you know, 11 PM, I mean, why would you set an alarm? I mean, if you're like up by nine, you know, working, you know, like let your body sleep, just like get eight hours of sleep. 
Um, I mean, I think there's also, I, I also think that on the other hand, I mean, I've always wanted to like perfectly go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time every day because I feel like it just gets you into this routine. So like, I'm kind of backtracking on what I said where like, okay, like it'd be nice to like consistently wake up at like seven 30, but I think it's also okay to like get a little bit of extra sleep, you know? Uh, all right. Here's a technical technological solution that I'm quite fascinated in. Some companies, they block email abilities at certain times. So Seth just revealed that you guys were emailing at midnight last night. Uh, are you interested in those co- countries that enforce these rules that uh, you know, you're not allowed to, for instance, do any work email between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m.? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I do like that, actually. Um, and I've thought about that. Like, I've done things like, um, I, ha- I think I had an app once for, there's actually an ability, I think, on the Apple operating system now where you can actually um, disable apps at certain hours, actually. Um, and so I think it's actually good. Um, I would I would do things like, um, I don't know, delete my Gmail app and re-download it in the morning. I mean, it's a big problem. I mean, I feel like, also, especially when you work with people on the West Coast and you work on the East Coast, and then you work with developers, software developers in Asia. I mean, like, no matter what hour of the day it is, there is someone working on Fruit Street full-time. Right, because like, at nine o'clock at night, that's when the Philippines and the Singapore team signs on, and they're available to meet. So it's like, it's like the never-ending workday. So I, I think that, um, I, I think that like, that's difficult when you work in a workforce that is distributed all around the world because you're always going to be getting an email. But I think, and I think for that reason, if you work in a workforce where you have people in every time zone then um, you need to just be good at like turning off notifications. Like I've had times where I've just decided, you know what, I am not going to have push notifications on Gmail because I'm not going to let my email run my day. I'm going to have these blocked sessions where, you know, I sit down and I do whatever I need to do. And then I check my email when I have a break, um, which I think is good. Um, I mean, because sometimes I'll be in a meeting and I'll get an email that like pisses me off or that I need to be responded to. I just get distracted in the middle of the meeting and it's not good. So I think that like push notifications for email probably are not. I don't know. It's just probably overkill sometimes. Do you want to hear my stupid yet absolutely brilliant idea? It's the idea you have different computers for different functions. So check this out. Uh, Winston Churchill used to have three or four desks in his office and on each desk, there was only the material that he was uh, using to write something, like a book or a speech or something. Nothing else would be on that desk. And it's just it's a fascinating concept. So I have this bizarre, and again, I'll say it, stupid idea. You have a computer for email, and you use that you know, for one hour, and then you push it aside, and you have a computer for everything else. And it's impractical and unworkable, but there you go. Well, yeah, no, it's interesting. I, I, I do something kind of like that where like, even though I have an app called Asana that I use for test management, I, um, so I, I use like, I, I, I don't know, it's very therapeutic for me where like, I just buy like a spiral notebook or like a nice black pen and I just will write my to-do list for the next day because it's like separate, right? It's like not part of my computer. It's not part of notifications. It's like, 
this is the physical notebook that has the things that I need to do. And I, I don't, I don't do that with my calendar. I know somebody that does that with a paper calendar. And I'm like, yeah, that, that is fucking pointless. Like that is, that is not smart. Like, you know, like, calendar, just use Google calendar, whatever. But I think that like notebooks periodically um, for like a to-do list can be kind of interesting because it's just like you slowly write out like each thing that you need to do. And it's like, all right, this is my list of things. Um, so I think that is a big thing. Like there's so many entrepreneurs that don't even like, I mean, I religiously make lists religiously. I make to-do lists and I prioritize things because then if you're like, okay, these are the 20 things that I need to get done today. Right. It sounds like a lot maybe, but like here, here are the things. And then you look at the end of the day and you've crossed off all these things and it's just like, okay, well, I guess I did well today. Yeah. I think the important thing is, like you said at the beginning, it's a journey and then it goes in seasons. Like me and my wife have had conversations before where it's like, okay, the next couple of weeks are going to be really, really busy and we're going to be working a lot more hours, but then it's not going to be like that forever. I think the challenge and the problem is when people work 80 hours a week for their whole life or for multiple decades or multiple years. But I mean, you guys just launched a app or a, you know, platform covidmd.com and like it's relevant for right now. So like the season has to be accelerated in order because like there's like lives on the line. It's important for people to actually get access to that. So I think it's, it's a, it's all about seasons to me. With But also, um, I was going to throw in like, yes, but at the same time, just do this thought exercise. Let's say that you start working at, um, you know, 9am and you work until, um, let's say seven. So that would be was 10 hours of work. Right. And so then you get to seven o'clock and you have the choice between working another two hours from seven to nine or relaxing. I mean, and like, you're only talking about a 20% increase in the amount of time that you're working. And those two hours are probably going to be the lowest quality hours of your workday in terms of productivity. So like, why not just take those two hours off? Right. Um, so I don't like, cause you're already working 10 hours a day. Like now you're talking about like, you're already at 70 hours a week if you're doing that every day. So why not just take two hours to recharge? I mean, I'm not doing that right now. Like I'm working to like 9 p.m. at night. Um, but I think that it's kind of like, or not even two hours, like maybe, some, maybe even an hour, maybe it's like, all right, I'll work till eight, but like from eight to 10, like there's no work. And, and the problem is I'll be on the couch. I'll be watching TV. I'll be checking my phone, but it's like, there's gotta be like at least one to two hours where you are not checking your work email. Like you have no idea how much I check my work email. I check my work email immediately after every phone call, like within every 10 minutes, like you know how on like Apple you can check um, your screen time? Okay, ready for this? I should send you a screenshot. Guess what my daily average screen time has been on all devices, so computer and phone, over the last week. I'm looking at it right now. 14 and a half hours. Try again. Lee, what do you think? <sighs> 21. I have no idea. Somehow it is 18 hours and 13 minutes a day. So well, All per day? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I I was thinking it was 18. Oh, but anyway. They also have, um, there's that one, like the pickups thing, right? So I spent 109 hours on my screen in the last week. And then, okay, you, you know what pickups are. So for people that don't understand this, 
your iPhone tracks how many time you, times you pick it up, and you look at it basically. All right, so guess what my daily average number of pickups is? You go with 236. I'm just, 236. This is insane. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's impossible, like 150. Somehow it's 73. It seems extremely low. Um, and my, my Gmail is my number one. Yeah, this is what I want. I want to know. I want, an, I want a Gmail tracking application that, that tracks if, if it's like 200 openings of Gmail. Go ahead. What, what is it? You know, it has it says 93 times it was Gmail. Um, here, I got another one. How many notifications on my iPhone do you think I get per day on average? I'm, gonna, I don't, I'll, I'm sticking with 236. <laughs> I'm sticking with 169 or whatever I said before. I don't know. Talk to you. How many notifications? 489. That's unhealthy, dude. And that's a problem. Like, and I'm looking at like what they are and it's like 1700 Gmail. I have this app called Telegram, which is my assistant. I have 125 from LinkedIn, 112 from Twitter. And it's like, I have 72 from Instagram. Like, I don't use Instagram. Like, I'm going to go delete it right now. Like, I don't even know why this app is on my phone. And I'm obsessed with organizing my apps. But like, I think that Apple thing is amazing. Like, when you look at that, you're like, no wonder I'm pissed off. It's like somebody poking a stick at me 500 times a day with like 500 notifications. You know? <laughs> I mean, I think some notifications are good, but like some of them are just so unnecessary. Well, and there's the aspect of like every time there's a notification, like the dopamine beast, like there's like the, the brain science of it all of like, it, it's initially every single time you see something that's alarming, it's diminishing your decision-making skills. Um, like little by little by little, which is probably why you can just fall asleep right away at the end of the day, which is good. But I, I agree. I love the app. I actually, in the last like nine months, I've, I have zero social media apps on my phone. And I have no email apps on my phone. Um, and it's because it was a huge, huge problem for me and stuff. And uh, it, it's made waiting in lines way more awkward. Like, I don't know what to do with my <laughs> in line or something. But it's yeah. way more intentional with, like, actually checking in on my computer with, like, this is an email time and this is an email time and this is an email time. But I think it's just important, like, Lawrence, you have a little bit of a notification problem. But I think it's healthy that yes. we talk about this and that like a lot of people, it's like only the people that have perfect work-life balance. They're the ones who are talking about it. It's like, no, this is a journey. We just got to get better and better as we go. Right. So I love this. Thanks for sharing your, uh, your data with us. And I think the reason that your uh, pickups is so low is because you're on your phone so much that you don't put it. It's <laughs> probably true. Hey guys, can we call this episode uh, my notifications problem? <laughs> yes, that's good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. That's good. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Digital Health Entrepreneurship with Lauren Strahard. If you haven't already, take a look at some of our other episodes and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform. We will see you tomorrow on Digital Health Entrepreneurship.